Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Episode 96 of Below the Belt, uh, joined once again by the stalwarts, uh, T and Alex. How are we, chaps? Good. All right. Preferred, preferred doing it in your annex in parts unknown, but you know, we've got to kind of yeah. move, move with the times and do it on Skype. I can't yeah. believe we've done this 96 fucking times. <laughs> Plus, like, and that's, it's, do you know what, it probably is up to 100 when you add all, like, all the point fives we've done as well. Point fives. Yeah, think about like the pods we did in your car. Like we, I call, we, I would just call them like episode forty-two point five. Can I just say that we were like did those pods when we were driving like to shows? We didn't just meet in a car. No, no, no. Yeah, we did. No, we yeah, we yeah, did we... meet in a car. We're, we're, we're doing <laughs> this podcast dogging. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pogging. Um, <laughs> let me just. Get the logistics out of the way. iTunes reviews, always want those. Uh, really horrible YouTube comments, always want those. Uh, social media is Twitter at below the belt underscore facebook.com. Let me just, yeah. And uh, Instagram is at below the belt pod. Uh, are we on YouTube? So, yes, we're on the boxing social YouTube page. Oh, right. I thought we were going to have our own. I was going to say, why? No, we get lovely numbers off that boxing social page. Oh, no, no need for it, mate. No need for it at all. Get some lovely numbers. I like to keep an eye on it. Um, yeah, do all right. Um, so, T question for you mate um whose beard transplant is best connor ben or floyd mayweather jr connor ben's looks a bit puby so i'm gonna say mayweather yeah mayweather I mean, congrats, congratulations to connor ben but i think he's just become a dad so i don't oh, want to mug nice. him off don't mug him off for anything but he looks a bit puby i think mayweather's yeah. one looks a bit more kind of refined but beard transplants oh come on i hope they don't catch on 
Yeah, they seem to be doing the rounds, aren't they? And uh, Turkey seems to be the place to be for the, you know, kind of the the hair transplants as well. I think they take a little bit, a little bit of time to settle in, don't they, Al? Big up Turkey, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you fancy I, a bit of that, Al? Definitely, absolutely. Like I, I, I mean, I do. Look, I'm looking at a picture of Tyson Fury right now, uh, yeah. and I, if I was his height, I'm not sure that you could probably tell us apart. Yeah. Uh, Except I can, he can at least you can see he shaves his hair. Like if he did grow it, he'd he'd have stuff there, whereas I haven't. Right. Uh, so like bold boxers, we know most of the time are better. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, it, 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 this swings and roundabouts. Like maybe if I get a hair transplant, you know, I'll lose my quite eminent boxing prowess, but mm. gain, you know, happiness. Yeah, I can't actually. I'm just trying to think of like a long-haired boxer that was pretty good. Valero. Who? Sorry. Edwin Valero. That was I was thinking him. Lennox Lewis. Yeah. Andrade. Yeah, we've got a question about him. Um, let's ask the let's ask the question. Um, is uh, Demetrius Andrade the most undeserving middleweight titleist ever, Alex? Uh, yeah, but I mean, what what do you want him to do? really yeah. Yeah. uh I'm, I'm, it's part of all of these politics and us bitching to each other about all these types of stuff that make that gives boxing some of the problems that we have uh just let it get on with it like if we just ignore the politics on it mm-hmm. then you can't get fucked off about it because they ain't going to change wbo ain't going to change no. so let's just get on with it i'm bored of those types of conversations now yeah, yeah. I did actually go on Boxrec and have a little scroll back at like who all the former titleists had been, who all the former champions had been at middleweight, and he actually he probably is one of the worst champions ever at middleweight. Middleweight's got pretty good list of champions. Like it's uh yeah, so I, I yeah, it was I think it probably does have a shout as like the worst um worst middleweight title champion ever. What did you guys uh T, what did you think about um Chris Eubank signing to Sourland? Um, he yeah. seems to be like hot shit now. Pete, like Callum Smith was talking about him today. Liam Williams keeps talking about him. What do you think about that? Do you think we're going to see him box again pretty soon? It's it's frustrating how stop start his career is. You know, I remember when the three of us used to saw him fight Blackwell, and that's a good five six years ago now. Mm-hmm. And since then, he's not really done much of note apart from lose to George Groves. So hopefully, this move will push his career on give him the push that he needs he's still a name you know the mm-hmm. fact that Callum Smith is even talking about fighting him I mean it'd be more for money than prestige I don't yeah. think beating I don't think beating Eubank does much for Callum Smith's legacy but I think it's it, hopefully it, it works out for him and you know as he I think you said in the whatsapp group that Sauerland is kind of like Switzerland they're just neutral and they can make fights of anyone so that's helpful and hope I really hope it works out for him and gets his career going again yeah I think um with Salons, like you say, because because there is an element of new, neutrality with them, but also you look at the British fighters that have signed with them before, and they've all kind of been on the kind of comebacky-ish sort of trail. Trail where yeah. they've them. David Hay, Grove, Eubank, Chisora, even David Price to an extent. Mm. Um, you know, they all all signed with them at, at that at that period of time. I would have thought the word's been put out there that perhaps there's a little bit more money behind Eubank now, so mm. that might be why. Um, a couple of others are talking about him and perhaps they wouldn't have before. But I heard Callis Allen talking about it and, you know, the, the emphasis is very much on, you know, getting him out. He's very, very marketable. So you, but he needs, so you need to just get him out, not necessarily in massive fights. You know, he mm. needs it for his career. We know that. 
But in terms of what some return that he can bring to to Sowlands, it's not really that difficult. They haven't really got to do anything, have they? Apart from matching well. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's a good move because you know working with Eddie Hearn is obviously not something that is going to work. It's not work, tried working with Frank Warren. That's obviously not going to work. You know, there's no one else here that can do anything. So yeah. you know, Sowlands the way to go. Yeah, no, I think it's a good move. I think it's a good move. I actually fancy him. I said on the last podcast, I actually fancy him to win a world title this year. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, because I just think I just think he can, you know, he's in contention to fight Murato, who's got the WBA belt, and he's thirty five. So I think he, I think if he gets gets him Murato, and it has, you know, perhaps, you know, if the location's favourable, you know, um, you know, not in Japan, then but is he I not gonna? He, is he not gonna fight at super middle? I think he's gonna fight at middle. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's going to fight at middle because uh, Liam Williams is at middle, and they keep I thought, talking about. I thought the WBA was vacant. Uh, so the WBA middleweight title. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they upgraded uh, Murata, who was the oh. regular title, and they uh, they've made Murata the super champion now. Eubank had the interim title. I don't know if they can upgrade him to the regular title. I don't know, or if they're probably, or if they're just going to make the fight, they just make Murata against Eubank. Maybe just call that. I don't know really. Um, I don't know. I think it's. I just think it's an interesting move, and we're all fans of Eubank. We've all gone to seeing him shit loads of times. So I thought, um, yeah, I thought it'd be a good a good way to. Start I mean, Eubank off. Eubank beats Andre, uh, um, Demetrius Andre, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. I think he'd beat Andre. Yeah, definitely. What do you think, T? Andre's really awkward though. That's a that's a yeah. thing. And Eubank's someone who can be worked out, and, and he can be frustrated as well. So. I wouldn't say it's a foregone conclusion. Um, actually, something that I remembered, I think someone asked the the best British fighter to never win a title since Harold Graham, and it might well be Eubank Jr. if you don't really kind of IBO. So yeah, the WBA belt is, belt is legit, and he's really got to, really got to go for that. As for as for Andrade, it's just unfortunate really because the middleweight used to be a blue ribboned division, you know, with um, mm. you know Hagler, Monzon, Sugar Ray Leonard. All these great champions, and now you've got one massive cash cow in Canelo, and he's not there anymore. So you're gonna have weaker champions at that division, and Newbank Junior's really got to try and get a bar at 160. is very doable for him. Yeah, it is doable. You're right, and you know Golovkin's like 38 now, so he's ready to go at some point. Do you uh, think? Do you think if Newbank Junior was to fight him and beat him, what that would do for Newbank Junior's legacy? Would that be one of the biggest wins of a? British fighter, or was it just um, oh. faded Golovkin? Yeah, I think I, I think he's like really disliked, isn't he, Eubank? People don't really like him, so I think he would. I think that people would try to shit on the win, if you like. But I think it'd be a really good win because, to be fair, Canelo had two fights with Golovkin, and they were both really close. If Eubank was to beat him and beat him fairly, that'd be massive, wouldn't it? That'd be a massive win. I don't know what you thought, Al. Yeah, I think um, it's diff- it's difficult for him because because whatever he does now, that's it, going to be labelled as that, you know. So you know, with Salon, you would expect, and with the work they've done already, that they would either go, like you say, WBA route, W maybe WBO, mm-hmm. um, perhaps perhaps IBF, but I don't see like with WBC. So I, I don't think you know, you know, something with Charlo and stuff, it's just not going to happen. So yeah, um, you, you know, you've got to do what you have to do to, to to get where you need to be in whatever division he chooses from. I, I thought he might stay at super middle. Um, yeah. Go yeah. after whatever happens with like 
with Caleb Plant or someone like that, maybe. But um, yeah, no, I, I think I think he's got a good chance of winning it. But it's you know, it depends on what where Golovkin is, and it? it's difficult. I mean, it'd be a great fight because yeah, you know, because of the, both the stars that they have. It's, and Eubank is always in good fights. Yeah, and that's what's that's what's good about him. And you want people who are, who are in always in good fights to be fighting for the bigger prizes because it just adds to the adds to the event. You know, regardless, you know, we like going and watching him, and he's fun to watch and stuff. There's a bit of drama around it, and as mm. you know, the Salons have obviously seen he's you know he's very marketable and very easily marketable. Um, so you know, as long as you can get someone who's in good fights with good opponents, then that's all that matters. But they were very big on the fact of look, he's got to turn the engine on now. You know, just. He needs to be fighting almost you know, two, maybe three times a year. The problem with the super middle division is that there's a lot of weight bullies there. Um, Ramirez has moved up, mm. but Benavides and Plant are massive at the weight, so I can see the logic in Eubank Jr. moving down, mm. just getting a belt, just to just something for his legacy. Because as I said, if he's not got, if he hasn't got a size advantage, I don't see how he overcomes a Plant. Or yeah. Benavides ain't great, but I wouldn't yeah. see how he overcomes a Plant, for example, and. It seems like Canelo's going to stay at 168, so it's better off he goes to 160 and gets some easy pickings there. Yeah, yeah. I think he needs, you know, next up, I think he needs a ranked... Uh, he needs a win, but he needs a win over a ranked fighter. He can't just fight a bum. He's got to fight someone that's ranked. Looking at the WBA, the WBA rankings, at number five, Sergio Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see Eubank do that to Maravilla. I don't want to see it. I love Sergio. I really don't want to see him get smashed up by Eubank. But maybe if he fought somebody that was ranked and got a win, maybe maybe Michael Savar- uh, Zarafa, you know, the guy that boxed Kel Brook a couple of years ago. Uh, but maybe he, might if he, boxed- even, he might not. Like, uh, It might be a question of just big fights. So it might just be names. It might just be trying to be as big domestically as possible. You know, yeah. with Callum Smith or Kel Brook. Uh, not Kel Brook. You know, Liam Smith, maybe someone like that. I don't know. Yeah. You know, just something yeah. that um, where there is a little difference in where someone comes up or comes down. Mm. But, you know, something that's big domestically, particularly in the times that we're in, you know. Mm. Well, uh, Liam Williams, he's he's been talking about Eubank a lot. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean Smith. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. Liam Smith's not outrageous. He's he's a you know, he, he's. I imagine he'll go to middleweight at some point, uh, although he's massive at super middle and pro- super welter and probably enjoys being massive at super welter. Um, but, you know, Liam Williams, he's been talking about fighting Eubank a lot. He's he's about to go to purse speeds with Demetrius Andrade. Um, so if he beats Andrade, Williams yeah. against Eubank makes absolute sense, doesn't it? You know, towards the end of the year. Yeah, well, I, I had no idea that was a possibility. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're, Liam Williams is talking about Eubank a lot, a lot, and Frank Corrin. I think they really want to make it because they, they probably think if Liam Williams wins the world title or Eubank beats Murata and wins the world title, or they both do, um, then you can have a really big domestic fight over here for at least one world title. So you can see why Frank Warren and Liam Williams are really interested in it because it's money, isn't it? Um, and the, the last time Frank Warren did did business with Chris Eubank Jr. Yeah, it was probably a right pain in his ass, but him and Billy Joe Saunders did good business, didn't it? And it would probably do good business again. Um, so I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's, yeah, it makes absolute sense to do that at some point. Uh, obviously, boxing was called off for January by the British board. 
Um, but they've said recently that boxing will be back in February. And because of that, Matchroom have announced, started to announce some of the shows. Uh, so uh, the first the first show up, I believe, is Josh Warrington against Mauricio Lara. Uh, so, in, so T, talk to me. Warrington, he's the IBF champion. He has a voluntary against Lara. Um, and then he's supposed to fight Galahad or maybe unify but Warrington has now vacated his IBF title and Kid Galahad could possibly fight Jazza Dickens for it. Has Josh Warrington had a fucking nightmare, T? It's a very, very odd decision. Um, <laughs> he's got a lot of support in Leeds and, you know, he's, very, he's a very well-supported fighter, but in these times, I think he needs that belt. Maybe he's got a sniff of a unit of another belt to fight for, but I didn't see that coming. But then... You know, who wants to fight Galahad? It's a fucking awful fight. I mean, Galahad almost had the beating of him. And it's so awkward. Mm. I can see why he kind of did a bow and threw the belt in the bin. But it doesn't seem to make much sense in these times for me. I think um, yeah. I thought Galahad beat him, personally. But, um, so did I. Yeah, I think uh, I think the reason why he gave it up was I think that the aim was to try and, was to try and get that um, unification with... Um, yeah. Zhu, is it Zhu or Zhu yeah. Can? I don't know. Zhu Can, yeah, yeah. Zhu um, the Can, <laughs> and didn't yeah, and didn't get it. So then it was like, okay, well, what does that leave me with? What does that make me kind of you know obligated to do? And you're right, like we talked about it in the group, you know, in terms of of Galahad and Warrington again, and it was like, well, who the fuck cares? And yeah, you know, as much as it was it was close, and and like I said, you know, I I, I fought the wrong person one personally, but. You know, it was it was horrible to watch, really. You know, it, it wasn't massively um, entertaining. I mean, Warrington's fast pace, and if you like that type of thing, that's great. But it was, you know, it's a hard sell, is basically what it is. And I think, you know, Warrington is, is he's on his last lap, isn't he, really, of what he wants to do. Mm. And going backwards and fighting someone he's already fought and beat and in a close decision, which he probably knows was, you know, was was nip and tuck. I can, I can see why that's not massively attractive, you know. He's been out of the ring 16 months. So it's a question of, you know, he should be beating this guy relatively handily and, and going on to achieve what he wants to achieve. So I get it. It's unfortunate. Um, but, you know, with everything going on at the minute, we, we, we have to try and move. You know, it's more about stuff that promoters can sell and they feel they can sell at the, at the maximum capacity. And Warrington kind of on the, you know, not this fight, but his next fight. They obviously look at that and think, you know, we think we can do better of a different opponent than, than Galahad for, for some, for some kind of marble. Mm. Yeah, no, for me, it makes absolute sense to, you know, like you said, he, he, he's going to, if he box kid Galahad again, he's going to go life and death with him again, just because kid Galahad's style was so fucking awful. Um, he could go life and death with him again, could potentially lose his world title. And then it's all out the window and he's back to square one again. Yeah. So, you know, the the IBF didn't want to, from what I read, they didn't want to sanction a unification fight with a regular champion because Zucan is a is a regular champion, uh, whereas Leo Santa Cruz is the super champion in that division, and they wasn't sure if he was going to move up or if he was going to stay there or whatever. So they didn't want to do that. The IBF. So and I also think, and yeah, also Matchroom of of you know placed their bets. You know they've put their chips on. Warrington, you know, bringing him back from from Frank Warren, and and did I see that Galahad's now signed for PBC? Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, 
so um so in terms of you know i don't i don't know whether galahad was actually kind of re-signed with matchroom at any one time but you know they were certainly working with him and had a you know and, and had a, a, a consistent period of time with, with dealing with him you know and, and you know you can imagine how that conversation would have gone you know so you know matchroom have put their chips on so they're they're, they're, they're planning out that that best route for warrington so yeah it makes sense and t if you're if you're kid galahad you're rubbing your hands together, aren't you? You've got a, a, a shot against a, va- a you know a vacant IBF belt potentially against Jazza Dickens, who he's already beat once, and because he signed with PBC, he could also potentially fight Gary Russell Jr. and Leo Santa Cruz. He's laughing in ET. He is, but who the fuck wants to watch those fights, man? <laughs> that's a that's a problem. I mean, obviously from Galad's point of view, you know, he had the drug ban and you know all you know, and he's banned for a while as well. And, you know, now he's got this golden opportunity, but we're in the middle of a pandemic, so he probably won't make as much money as he would have liked. But, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's a potentially amazing 12 to 18 months for him. You know, he should beat um, Dickens again and against Russell Jr., who knows Russell Jr.'s career is just so fucking weird. Um, yeah. His best, you know, the best, the legacy he has has been one of Lomachenko's best wins, but as the years go by, the wins, the winning agent that well. So, fuck knows. Yeah, it's it's weird. You know, we all like Gary Russell Jr. We all like watching him fight, but yeah. he doesn't fight enough. And he just sits waiting around, waiting for a Lomachenko rematch. I think at one point he was calling out uh, Crawford. Um, oh, yeah, that, that was hilarious. That? Yeah, yeah, I've not made that up, have piece. I? No, no, no. They were going at it on socials. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what, he's going to jump to welter and fight a welter when he's a featherweight like 21 pounds this is mad like yeah but you know that's anything can happen in boxing it's just one of those um the following week um al it looks like finally 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 we might get uh david Aransian versus josh kelly for the european welterweight title do you think it's actually going to happen this time out third time lucky yeah let's hope so <laughs> because you know look, josh kelly's at a point now where um, you know, there, there's some there's some boxes to be ticked, you know, for Josh Kelly. Again, he's another one I think that we all enjoy watching. Um, and if he can can if he can carry that, you know, that that excitement and that level of technical ability up the up the levels, you know, which Evanesian is, then then that's what we want to see. You know, it's a big time. You know, this pandemic has come at the worst time for people like Josh Kelly, um. Joshua Buatzi, you know, like this, these are all of the guys that were due to like really kick on over this period, over the last 12 months. Um, and so he's got to take this, he's got to take this chance. And then obviously there's bigger, there's big, you know, there's domestic stuff afterwards, you know, depending on what happens with Conor Ben and the rest of it. So, um, yeah, it's, let's hope it gets done because Josh Kelly looks like he could be something, you know, very good. Um, and he, he needs to get this, he needs to get this done. Um which I, th- I think he will, you know. I, the, I, I, I'm not where I expect him to win, but I think if if he is what we all kind of think and hope he is, then he should be. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I if if Josh Kelly is the real deal, um, we will know that if he beats uh, Avanesian. If he beats him, then we know he's legit because this guy's serious. He's a you know a, a serious serious fighter, European champion. Um, beat our guy Kerman Leoraga, who smashed up Frankie Gavin, smashed up Bradley Saunders, uh, uh, Bradley Saunders, uh, Bradley Skeet, Bradley Skeet, oh, Skeet, Skeet, 
Bradley Ski, yeah, Frankie Gavin, Bradley Ski. He was just smashing up everybody. He even yeah. smashed up, he even smashed up Tyrone Nurse, which I'm not happy about. Um, so we know this guy's legit, and if Josh Kelly beats him, then then Josh Kelly is should be in line to fight for a world title. You know, in 2022, really, it's a cracking fight, and it's such a shame it's been it's been um, been put off for so long. But yeah, you know, I was on Time Hop the other day. You know, the app Time Hop, and in between, you know, looking at pictures of my ex and pine and going, oh, I miss you, babe. Uh, you know, I came across a, a tweet of mine. <laughs> coming, coming, coming across, came across a tweet of mine from two years ago saying, oh, Josh, Josh Kelly against Avanasian. Oh, God, this is going to happen soon. And here we are two years later and it's still not fucking happened. Um, another one that's pretty sexy is Oscar Valdez against Miguel Burchell, which is the mm. same night. That is going to be naughty, ain't it? Yeah, I think Valdez is another one who kind of seems to have been around forever. Mm. Um, you know, and that's kind of, what I want to say about Josh Kelly, he reminds me a bit of Callum Smith. He just kind of um, plateaued for a long, long time and belatedly got the fights that... You know, I'm not saying he beat, I'm not saying Callum Smith beats Canelo a few years ago, but he'd probably done, done a better fist of it than he did a few yeah. in the last month. Yeah. And maybe Josh Kelly might have an element of that as well, where he's just been... He's been almost like fighting to the opponent's level. So... Yeah. That's the concern really, um, with, with that fight. Before we come off of the Warrington card, though, there is one fight on there that I'm really looking forward to. It's Lee Wood against Reese Mould. Oh, yeah. British featherweight. That's going to be fantastic. That's going to be a great fight. Um, it's it's Lee Wood is... He, he's he's a real man. I want to be, <laughs> be like Lee Wood. Yes. <laughs> he just looks like a proper like man. He comes home has fried egg and chips yeah you know she goes to bed he's watching babe station at half past 10 you know that's 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 why i I want i want that like lee would (laughs) yeah man (laughs) well if you can't get behind a fighter like that then obviously what what are we doing this and you got zelfa barrett against um uh kiko martinez as well on that yes yes i i i think and i i said this on twitter i think if kiko martinez wins that fight, I think he should just be given the ring magazine belt. Like, skips everybody else and he just gets the ring magazine belt. Because <laughs> for him to still be relevant now, right, and to be in a fight like, you know, against Zelfa Barrett, if he just comes in knocks out Zelfa Barrett in two rounds, that's it. Lineal champion the lot. <laughs> I mean, Carl Frampton and Scott Quigg have kind of come and gone almost. Yeah. Then. Maybe not Frampton, but, you know, and he's still like, hi, hiya. <laughs> it's me, Kiko. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fucking love it if he if he beat Zelfa Barrett. No, nothing against Zelfa Barrett. I like him. He's a good fighter, but it's just it's that thing, isn't it? You just kind of love it when the, the old champion comes back and goes, "Yeah, I'll have one more go at you." And just I love uh, it. I can just imagine like uh, <laughs> like Eddie Hearn just on his laptop. He's going right. Who can we get for yeah Zelfa Barrett? And then like little I M message comes up in the corner, like that little Brent bit. Goes, Only me. It's me, Kiko. <laughs> Little waving emojis. Probably, yeah. It's probably, it's probably made his own emojis. He's poked, he's poked Eddie Hearn on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Anyone for me? Anyone for me, Ed? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he's ranked. Is it, oh God, he is. He's still ranked as Super Bantam. Of course he is. He's still ranked as Super Bantam number ten. Go on, son. Go on, it. Go on, Kiko. One more. There's one more in you. I know there is. Kiko time. Yeah, it's Kiko time. (laughs) (laughs) That's the title of the podcast, T. It's Kiko time. 
that's a british talent show comedy reference for anyone over anyone over the age of 24 for anyone that doesn't know amazing amazing stuff um following week uh, as soon as I just seem to be going through this in chronological order, it's Canelo Alvarez against uh, Avni Yildirim, 27th February in Miami, and then potentially Billy Joe Saunders in May. Ow, you excited I'm, I'm about either one of those? Sorry, what was Sam? Sorry, and plant in the autumn. Yeah, maybe plant after that and hoover up all the belts. Um, yeah, well, let's just completely ignore um, Yildirim, shall we? Because I want to. Um yeah, look, it's it's nice that he had a plan. He said that from the beginning, you know, that, that they wanted to have a plan of, of what he wanted to do. Um, and it's simple, and it's quite refreshing, really. It's, it's simple, it's laid out. This is what you've got to do. He'll end that year with everything, no doubt. And, you know, then what? How old is he now? How old is Canelo? 29, I think. Yeah. I think he's 30, doesn't he? No, he might be 30. I mean, he could, you know, feasibly... You know, depending on particularly because he's got fans in this fight. Yeah. Um. But you know, if you're getting big crowds, you know, maybe one more year after that, and you know, away you go. But he's um. Yeah, I mean, him, him, and Billy Joe is is genuinely intriguing because we know what you know the best Billy Joe Saunders can be. We've probably only seen the best Billy Joe Saunders once against David Lemieux. Yeah. Um, you know, Billy Joe Saunders against Lemieux occupies Canelo. I don't know yeah. whether it beats him, but it certainly occupies him. Um. And is certainly a better fister than 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 Smith. So, you know, it, it's it, that's something that that we want to see, and it's something that Billy Joe needs. And you know, it's a legit challenge for Alvarez. You know, it, it's a it's a it's a world champion who is um who's not been beaten. You know, it's 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 good. It, it, it's good to see. I think you know he'll smash Yildirim up like a child. Um, yeah. And then and then move on to that. So, but I think yeah, I mean we all anticipate him finishing the year with you know every marble in the bag, mm. and then straight up to cruiser. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, he won't. Oh, he needs to get IBO. Who's that IBO? Is that Carlos? Um, Carlos Gong Gongora? Let me check. Hold on. Go on, you have a look because I have no idea the IBO champion. Yeah, I, here we go. Uh, yeah, Carlos Gongora. Oh, IBO. Oh, so needs, that's who he needs to get. He's, he's not shit until he's beat, until he's talked to Carlos. He got a Kinsey division out. So do you think T should do like a Roy Jones? Because you remember when Roy Jones in his peak at light heavy, he had the the IBC, the WBF. <laughs> he had fucking everything, all the shittiest belts in the world. Do you think that's what he should go for, T? Absolutely. No one's doing that these days, man. You've got to bring that back. Mm. That's that's, yeah. that's going to become one of the um, you know if you don't do that, you're not a Hall of Fame. Mm. Yeah, that yeah, that's fair. That's you know, I think to be fair to to modern boxing these days, everyone always says that thing about oh the fight the best don't fight the best and all that's oh, absolute bollocks. Because notice how much these days fighters unify now, that they actually unify with each other. You know, there was years and years where fighters like it was like Bernard Hopkins was the last guy to be undisputed, and. Yeah. Since then, we've had Terence Crawford at, at, at welterweight. We're probably about to have, you know, Josh Taylor um, or Ramirez at, at junior welterweight. You know, um, Charlo's got three quarters of the of the light middleweight division. It happens a lot more now. And so now Canelo, because Canelo is so much better than everybody else, his job is to go, right, I'm going to be the IBC champion, the IBD, the WB, 
F, WBU, <laughs> Ricky Hatton fans, WBU, just he, have... He'll get a British citizenship and get the British title as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lonsdale belt, I, outright. Has anyone ever done that? Just got a citizenship to win a belt? That would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, would he, yeah, just go, like, what, get a passport for, like, every country. Go and... <laughs> Go and win the Ukrainian national. Well, you've title. got countries like saying, look, you can have citizenship for a week. Like you can have like a, a holiday visa. Come to the Isle of Man and get the IOM BC <laughs> championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Isle of Man. Yeah, I love that. Brilliant. That'd be brilliant. Just getting citizenships for like a week and just smashing up whoever the best fighter is. Do it now. You can have, look, you can have as many fans there as you want. Isle of Man is restriction free. Nice. There. They're all at the pub tonight. What a place, eh? freedom that's proper freedom for you <sighs> uh, <laughs> amazing and the best thing about roy jones as well he hoovered up every single bell except for the lineal title because he bottled it um but anyway we move on and then white and pavetki now excited yes. about a rematch yeah i am i mean I, I i'm a big fan of dillian white and i still expect him to beat pavetki i think he got caught with an absolute wondrous shot it's heavyweight boxing yeah, is, is what it is, you know. Uh, Matchroom put out a great tweet um, that had, like, the the four kind of images from the fight, you know, two of Povetkin being down, the punch, and, and then obviously, um, you know, White being flat on his back. And mm. you know, that's why wouldn't you want to see a fight where you genuinely don't know what could happen again? Um, so, again, obviously it's been delayed because, you know, Povetkin had COVID and, and, and had struggled quite a lot. Uh, with the after effects of that you know and i hope i hope he genuinely is in a place where he's kind of back to you know where he was for the first fight but yeah. that's that's going to be a big big consideration so really i mean you know what does white do if he loses this i mean with the heavyweight situation as it is now you know it's it, I, yeah I, I mean unthinkable really so shut up <laughs> well yeah but you know but we don't want that we want you know White being in the mix is is what you want, you know, because you'll have, yeah, obviously Fury, Joshua, White, um, Usyk, Wilder, you know, Charles Martin, back, uh, you know, so you, you want as many of these things in there. So yeah, I hope Dillian White, you know, gets the job done this time. But you know, it's great to be able to have that that match where where you know Povetkin can catch him at any time and and he's susceptible to it. Yeah, that's fun. That's what this shit is all about, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think I, I'm. I agree with you. I'm actually a little worried about Povetkin and COVID, and how that may have affected him. Um, that makes me kind of think that maybe White will win this time. But if Povetkin's, you know, back to where he was, you know, whenever that fight was, it was about six, eight months ago. If he's back to that level again, then it's an anything fight where where anything can happen again. Yeah, but do you think do you think he changed tactics? Do you think White would obviously like he brought someone in? He brought Dave Caldwell in, didn't he? Like a couple of days before the fight, before the last fight. You know, and I, and I wonder if he does. I wonder if he includes um, uh, Dave again because mm. Dave Caldwell is, is quite a logical, mm. uh, kind of methodical type of type of trainer when it comes to game plans and stuff. And you'd think, right, okay, with Povetkin's age, you know, and, and obviously the fact that he's had COVID, why not, you know, try and uh, attach a way to go about the fight in terms of, you know, making it go longer than perhaps we would have planned the first time. Let's see mm. where he is after six rounds and and go from there. You know. You love Dave Caldwell, didn't you? I'm a I'm a big fan of Dave Caldwell. Yeah, I I, I think he gets a lot of um, 
unnecessary stick. You know, he's kind of tried his hand at everything within within boxing. He just comes across as a very honest and genuine chap. I'm a fan, yeah. Yeah. No, I like him. I think he's a good trainer. Um, I think he's a very good trainer. He got a bit... He was being a bit weird on the Chisora fight, and he was trying to say Chisora beat, beat Usyk, and he got a bit carried away with his friendship, and, you know, in terms he of... He came out, a, to be fair to him, though, he, he came out on on IFL afterwards and said, look, I've watched it again, and yeah, you know, yeah. I was wrong. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. What, um... When you when people want to join the Dave Caldwell fan club, what's your address and where should they send their letters? <laughs> Have little badges. It's fine. Yeah, little badges, little badges Dave of Dave. Yeah. Dave, yeah, just Dave's little face. Bless him, his little face. I'm gonna email him yeah. again to see if he wants to come on. He was yeah, gonna come uh, on before and then it never happened, so I'm gonna email him again. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be good to have him on because, like, like I said, he is good. I do like listening to him. He's a really, really He's a great smart guy. Yeah, he is. He really is. T, should we tell? Should we tell Al about our master plan for Deontay Wilder? Yeah, go on. I think he needs to know now. Is this yeah. when you talk to each other like in a separate group without me? It's called a sidebar. They call it a sidebar. It's when you talk smack about people outside of the WhatsApp group. Oh yeah, is that one of those hip hop terms? Is it? No, I saw it on a Guardian. <laughs> sidebar it's like in the court case isn't it when you go to the go to the judge and you have a little conversation with the judge they call it a sidebar don't they oh okay but yeah it's something i've read in the guardian and that's what it's called when I you talk shit about something about me on the side that rhymed <laughs> no it's what we were talking about wilder the other day and it was all like you know people were saying oh he should fight white or he should fight this and it's like i just want to see him smash people up I'm not, I'm not bothered if he wins another world title. I just I love Deontay Wilder. I just love seeing him smash people up. So I want to see him go through and T agrees with me. Bum of the month club. Andy Ruiz, Charles Martin, Joseph Parker, anyone at heavyweight that wants it outside of the elite. Just forget the elite guys. Just smash everybody up. That's my master plan for Deontay Wilder. I don't know what you think about that. Al. Uh, yeah, it'd be fun. I want him to fight. White, because I, I like Dillian White, but I do think I do think Wilder beats him. I think, I think yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure the the, the chin is there uh, to to that level. Obviously, to Wilder's level, I don't know. But um, Charles Martin is going to get absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you're going to get your wish because Jesus Christ. Uh, I will like it's put, happening, doesn't it? I'll put my neck out on the line uh, <laughs> that Wilder absolutely wallops um, <laughs> Charles Martin. You're so uh, brave, Al. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, let's go back and listen to the podcast that a lot of us did before Anthony Joshua Charles. Oh, here we go. Let's let's see where Richings was there, shall we? Here All right. we go. Fuck's sake. Because there was a lot of people going. Well, I don't know, Charles Martin. He did say he walks like a god, you know. <laughs> and I was like, are you, what are you talking about? It'll be done in two rounds. I said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So. um no, I, like I said, I like Wilder. I think uh, he it's you know, as long as, if he as long as he didn't speak, uh, it would be it would be better because he just comes out with some shite at times. But you know that's part that's part of him. He's fun to watch. He's fun to he's he's, he's a good talker. Uh, and again, times like this, it's going to be a question of who can he get in, look good against for probably six, seven months, um, eight months, nine months, and then see see where we're at. I mean, he's not going to fight for you know. A world title is, you know, it's impossible, really, isn't it, for the next year? So, um, it, it's about him just baking that in there. So, yeah, I'd like to say, yeah, I think he'll go Martin. Let's say, let's say he fights three times this year, right? 
Right. I say Martin, and then I think you'll go. Ruiz. Yeah, maybe Andy. Uh, maybe Andy Ruiz. Maybe, but I think Dillian White will be in there because neither of them can, you know, can 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 go for with, with Joshua Fury if if it pans out the way that it should be panning out. Um, I think we'll see White Wilder before the end of the year. Wow, yeah. I like that. That's a big. Do you know what? On the last podcast, I made um, I made Paul Zan and Luke Williams give me their wild predictions for the for 2021. So is that your wild prediction for 2021? Is that I don't think see- it's that wild. I think if White beats Povetkin, then yeah. what you know, and, and Joshua Fury do what they you know, and it's all done and, and dusted on a on a two fight deal. Yeah. Then I, I don't think it's massively wild. I, I think I think we'll probably see White Wilder September time October. Mm, yeah, possibly, possibly. I only worry about the politics of it, really. Just you know how amen and all that. I kind of want to see Deontay Wilder smash up Ruiz. I want him to smash up uh, Charles Martin. Although, or maybe Charles Martin gives him the hardest fight of his life and he's redeemed. Um, and then I want to see him smash up Trevor Bryan. Did you, did you guys see the fight, Trevor Bryan? No, oh. I didn't god it was on pay-per-view in america they were showing like old fights as like their undercard instead of actual fights he looks like shit he looks he beat uh Stiverne to win the regular wba belt and uh i want to see deontay wilder smash him up in a round um but that that kind of fight and all of the politics around it there was so much shit around it i'm not going to go into it now and it made people start to have the conversation about de-recognizing the WBA as a world, as a, as a genuine world title and a genuine sanctioning body. Uh, world Boxing News, they're kind of a, they're a, you guys have probably heard of them. They're a website that cover boxing. They, they've decided they're not going to, they're not going to recognize the WBA anymore as well as Boxing News. Um, boxing News in Britain are, are considering not, uh, sanctioning or recognizing the WBA anymore. We got a question on Instagram about that. What do we make of that? Uh, Al, what do you kind of, what do you, what do you think of that? Of like media outlets starting to like de-recognize the WBA? Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I think, I, I think if you start looking for bits and pieces about each governing body, I think, I think you're, I think you're walking into a world of just massive double standards and contradictions at somewhere down the line. You know, yeah. Granted, they're not, they're not the best. But I don't know. I, I see it from I see it from both sides. I don't really get what it gains, other than us just kind of saying, you know, us as a boxing public, whether that's media, fans, or whatever, just saying, well, you ain't shit, and it doesn't matter, and it just means that there's less prestige put around that belt. It means that potentially there's fights that don't happen because they're not deemed quite as big. Mm. I, I don't know what we gain out of it massively. I know. What we're losing is what we're already losing is that, you know, there's an element of a joke, you know, a bit of a, a clown circus situation going on with some of the governing bodies and some decisions that they make. But, mm. you know, I'm, I'm for decisions that gain us something as fans. And I'm, mm. I don't really know what that gains us massively. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. What do you think about that, too, about potentially de-recognising the WBA? Well, I mean, the latest debacle doesn't look great for them, but it's just such a historical... I mean, there's, you know, there's one of the older belts, one of the it's original the ones. Belt, yeah. Yeah, so makes it a bit difficult, but, you know, I mean, having reruns on a fucking undercard, I mean, mm. what's that all about? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the nostalgia of me wants to keep it, but, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> get rid. In the bin. I think it's, yeah. 
<laughs> to finish yeah prison scene <laughs> uh i i i agree with you t i i think it's i think it's a very purist kind of thing to do it's very it's very much it's kind of a holier than now kind of decision to make isn't it it's kind of like oh they're wrong and we should get rid of them but i think practically i don't think it will work i don't think it will happen because i think uh the people with the real power in terms of world titles and sanctioning bodies are the fighters and the promoters and promoters will put any title on their card in order to sell it because they know that people see that this fight is for this world title or that world title and they pay more attention to it because of that and as long as that's the case the wba are going to thrive and fighters love belts it is it's it's baffling to me because i sit and i think the WBA international title doesn't mean soddle, like it means nothing. But if you if you say to a fighter, you've got a 10 rounder next week and it's for, you know, the WBA international title, they're fucking buzzing for it. Fighters love belts. They love it. It's mad for, for you and me, but they love them. And I can't remember who it was. It wasn't. I can't remember. It wasn't Scotty Cardle. It was some. It was Sean Dodd, and I remember him sitting ringside. And I think he boxed on Tony Bellew's undercard, and he'd won the WBA international title. Uh, I think it was at Goodison Park. He was so fucking happy to have won that international belt. And fighters love belts, and I think as long as as long as fighters continue to pay the sanctioning fees, and as long as promoters continue to put them on their cards, the WBA aren't going anywhere. But I do admire well boxing news and boxing news as well for de-recognizing so i think it's but what, of, I, what i'd say is, is about the belt. what i'd say about the belts is that you know of course fighters are gonna love them. it's it's physical recognition of all of the hard work and and sacrifice that they've made you know it's all very well you know yeah. kind of having people on boxing fans on forum saying yeah you know he's the best or he's you know he's one of the good ones it, it doesn't you know that's that's hard to show your grandparents you know we talk about the whole trophies thing in football all the time you know but in boxing in particular when it is it's down to you you know it's a it's a manifestation of of the of everything that you've sacrificed and worked for you know so it's i i understand why the whole situation with with, with the wba but I, my my view overall is that we don't gain anything as fans and boxers don't gain anything in the long run by having less. I was going to say by having less governing bodies, and that's not the case. You know, we all want you know kind of one man, one champion. But, but it's you know it, it's the 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 realization that you know the fact of the matter is that you can't you can't mm. just have a governing body. You can't even have two really. If we want to see the the types of fights that we want to see i think that hampers it by having less governing bodies so it's almost like a necessary evil at times all right uh, uh, i get it. i get what you're saying you know it's um that's why i buy wrestling belts out because i no one's patting me on the shoulder no one says to me oh cow you're a great podcaster so my way of making myself feel better to reward myself is to buy wrestling belts and that's why there's four of them sat here at home uh <laughs> so i completely i completely understand you it makes absolute sense uh before we just before we finish i know you guys gotta go um give us your wacky predictions for 2021 out there so just to help you out on the last podcast i said tiafimo lopez loses a fight this year what's your kind of out there prediction that you think might happen it could be a fighter winning uh, a fighter losing that you wouldn't expect to a, a retired fighter coming out give us your wacky predictions for 2021 
Tyson Fury beats Anthony Joshua 11 or 12 rounds by 11 or 12 rounds and the rematch doesn't happen. Oh, that's nice. T? Oh, I like that one. God, um, I reckon they were spent losing the fight by getting injured. It's not exactly a wacky prediction. Yeah, no, calm down, mate. That is wacky. But um, So, like, during the fight? Yeah, I reckon it, like, Colin McMillan shoulder goes out. That is well niche. You've yeah. got the fucking sporting almanac from fucking Back to the Future 2. I like Colin McMillan. He had that weird haircut. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that was good. All right. All right. I know you guys want to get on, so we'll leave it there. Okay. Thanks, chaps. All right. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.